Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning. (laughs) You know, it's... I say it's funny, but it's not because God, there's no coincidences in life. Like God is truly every step of the way ordaining all of this. And this morning as I was meditating with myself, I'm like, what am I going to share today? And the first thing that popped into my soul, my heart was gratitude. And we haven't brought our gratitude cards back in a long time. And God spoke to Ralph and he brought the gratitude cards back. And then of course we had our worship team and I don't know if you really listened to what that song said but it said if the ocean roars I'm gonna stand there if the earth beneath me shakes I'm still gonna stand if the mountains fall I'm okay because you're the God over every storm that's what I'm grateful for that's what you should try to be grateful for is understanding that it doesn't matter what storm you're going through it doesn't matter what your storm in your mind you're going through God is always over everything. He is the God over every storm. He is leading you, holding your hand through every part of your journey. You see, the mind makes us believe that we're alone. It makes us believe that we are struggling on our own. We are the only ones on this path. We are the only ones thinking these things, struggling, suffering. But no, you're never alone. God created not only one child, but all of his children to be together, to be one. We separate ourselves. And in this moment, I want you to really sit with yourself as we start our centering prayer and think about how you're not alone. God is always with you. His love can embrace you fully through the darkest and deepest moments of your life. You're never alone. And if you truly open up your eyes and your hearts to see, you're going to see God in each and every one of us. That's the beauty of God. He created all of us in His image. Right? We're all God conscious. We all have that love within us. So I just wanted to remind you of that today because it spoke to me so clearly that that's what I'm grateful for today. I'm grateful that I have the faith in God to know that no matter what I go through, no matter what life is being put in my way, I'm strong in God's love and His support. And I want you today to feel that as well. So let's find ourselves in this nice, comfortable position And I want you to allow your spine to be long, so no slouching, because then you fall asleep. (laughs) Allow the shoulders to come down, and let's receive today. So let's keep those palms facing up, 
and let's close the eyes and begin with some nice deep breaths slowly inhaling nice big breath and gently exhaling release again we slowly inhale nice and big filling yourself up then slowly exhale again we slowly inhale nice big belly really filling yourself up and gently Exhale, release the air. Continue this breathing. Allow yourself to settle down here. Allow the shoulders to come down. Unclench the jaw. Allow the body to release any tension that it's holding. As we release any tension that's within the mind, Every inhale creates space within us. We open ourselves up. And as we exhale, we sink into God's embrace. We sink into God's love. We allow ourselves to feel that much lighter. We bring gratitude into this very moment. Being grateful for this very breath that God has given us blessed us with the grace that he gives us every day for forgiving us through anything that we do. God has already let go of all that you've done. He's not worried about what's coming next. He loves you. He supports you. He wants you to create space within yourself to breathe to connect back with him, feeling all of his love, connecting just a little bit deeper, release all the tensions of the body, release all the tensions of the mind, allow yourself to know that you are whole that you are complete, that there is nothing you need to do to earn God's love. For it is inherently yours. Just like your breath, His love is within you, moving in and through you every day. The more you remove yourself from the mind, from the illusions that the mind creates, telling you that you are alone, creating fear in the mind. The more you recognize that you can separate yourself from those thoughts and sink into his love, peace will become your true state of being. Stillness will be the space in which you live in. Allow yourself to let go just a little bit more. Let go of all that you've done. Don't worry about what's to come. 
Just connect deeply with this breath right here, right now. Let's all take another deep breath, slowly inhaling and slowly exhaling. Again, we gently inhale nice and big, really filling yourself up and gently exhale. One more together, we inhale nice and big. We're gonna hold the breath for three, two, vocal. With all this space that you've created within yourself, allow yourself to truly sink now deep into God's love. Allow yourself to feel safe. Know that you are worthy. Remember how loved you are. As we take another deep inhale, really fill up that belly nice and big. And as you exhale, slowly start to bring yourself back to yourself. When you're ready, you gently blink the eyes open. May peace and love always be with you. Amen, my friends. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. How are we feeling? Relaxed, de-stressed, cold? Oh, well, I'm so happy you're here. My name's Danny, and uh, I have the wonderful opportunity of leading this community called Heartway. We've been doing this for about six years now, and our vision is to help people discover themselves in God and transform the world through love. And of course, the world will never be transformed until you are transformed because transformation always, always happens from the inside out. And one of the many things that binds us together as a community is our common desire and passion to experience spiritual transformation. And if you think about it, there's a lot of things that people can be interested in as human beings. Why are we interested in this? Right? Like there's a lot of stuff we could be interested in, a lot of stuff that can occupy our mental space and energy. But all of us in this room and a ton of people who are catching us online and listening to our podcast are interested in matters of spiritual transformation and evolution. Normally, we get to this place of being interested in this kind of stuff because life gets so hard, things get so tough, we suffer so much that we want a way out. And that's when we begin this journey and search for God. All of us as human beings have a longing for transcendence, to experience transcendence. To transcend is to move beyond. We all wanna move beyond 
our despair. We all want to move beyond our lack of meaning and purpose. We all want to move beyond the suffering that is created by our mind. But how do we do it? We don't know how to cultivate these spiritual qualities that can enable us to uh, move through life with a sense of peace and stability. But that's what we want more than anything. What we want is, is fulfillment. What we want is meaning. What we want is depth. We all have a desire to place our own individual story within a much larger context, a much larger story so that we can live with a sense of meaning and purpose. Because when life gets hard and we're suffering and everything seems to be hitting the fan, we tend to question whether anything means anything. And when life gets meaningless, it gets really tough. But it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to think that there's a meaning to some of the big tragedies and heartaches that we tend to go through in life. I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day about how I've seen multiple times on the news people who have committed crimes, like taken other people's lives for no reason, right? So like it's one thing if you have a personal vendetta against someone and you got to get revenge and so I'm going to kill you. There are human beings that according to what they say and what we can see have committed crimes with no reason just because. And sometimes things happen in our life and we're like, what is the reason, huh? It, if there's no reason, it doesn't click. It doesn't make sense. We, we long for this meaning. We're meaning-making creatures. A lot of uh, philosophers have spoken about this longing for transcendence as a God-shaped hole within the human heart. There is a God-shaped hole within your heart. And of course, we always try and fill this hole with a lot of things that really end up just leaving us feeling empty. Underneath all of these desires that we indulge in in our attempt to fill this God-shaped hole is ultimately the desire for God, the desire for, for peace, for, for satisfaction, for fulfillment. We all have within us the potential to embody divine qualities that can help us to experience life in a totally new way. All of us know deep down in our heart that who we are is love, but we're afraid of that. I was listening to a story recently about a monk who was meditating by a river. And one day a young man comes up to him and says, Master, I wanna be your disciple. And the teacher says, why? And he says, because I wanna find God. And he said, really? He takes this man, grabs him, puts his head inside of the river. He leaves him there for like a minute. The dude is going crazy, can't breathe. Finally, he takes him out. And he says to this young man, when you were under that water, what did you want more than anything? And he said, air. <laughs> and the teacher said, go home. And don't come back to me until you want God as much as you want air. I like that story because it speaks to this all-absorbing desire that is required to even begin to take a step towards spiritual awakening and spiritual evolution. There's a reason why Jesus said, love God with all of your 
heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. This is going to take all of you. On Instagram yesterday, I was scrolling and I see a, a thing of a video of JLo. And the, the, the interviewer was asking her, like, how did you get all of this success? It must be because you work really hard. She's like, no. It's not just because I work hard. She's like, I work harder than everybody else in the room. She's like, when everybody's sleeping, I'm up, I'm grinding. And she's like, it takes that kind of just relentless pursuit and work ethic to attain this kind of success. And my mind only translates everything into spirituality. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yes, that's awesome. Like, that kind of hustle is awesome to make money and also... <laughs> That kind of drive, that kind of passion, that kind of all-absorbing desire for God is what will enable you to move on to another layer of depth within your spiritual growth and evolution. It's going to take all of you. Jesus one day went up to a man, and we'll see the scripture here in the Gospel of Luke, and he asked this man to follow him. But the man replied to Jesus and said, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. Like, I, I've got some really important matters I've got to take care of before I can follow you. And Jesus responds with this really cryptic saying. He says, let the dead bury their own dead. What I get from this is when your life takes on a spiritual orientation, there is a radical shift in your values and in your priorities. When you want God as much as you want air, your attention shifts, your focus shifts totally. And you begin to transform all of your material and physical desires into spiritual aspirations. Not that your desire for material and physical things goes away. Shout out to the baby. We love babies. So not that your desire for material or physical things goes away. But you just now have a higher desire. You have something that you want more than just the pleasure and the nice stuff. There's something else that you long for even more. The experience of God. To know God. To walk with God. To The thing is, we look everywhere for something that only faith in God and the love of God can give to us. That's why we never feel like that God-shaped whole is filled because it's only faith in God. It's only the love of God that can give to us what we are looking for in terms of meaning, satisfaction, fulfillment. These are the deepest questions of life. I want to read to you this quote from a Hindu mystic and yogi. He says, be afraid of nothing, hating none, giving love to all, Feeling the love of God, seeing his presence in everyone and having but one desire for his constant presence in the temple of your consciousness. That is the way to live in this world. There's a psalm where David actually says very similar words about 
having only one thing that I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One desire, single-minded desire. And everything else in your life becomes subservient to, to this. And, and it sounds like, yes, I'm, I'm letting go of so much stuff to follow this spiritual path. But no, you don't understand. This is the most important part of everything. If you get, if you get this right, that flows into everything else that you do in life. It adds value to everything that you do in life. So I was listening to a podcast this week. My friend uh, started a podcast called Hell Has an Exit. His name is Brian, and he's a recovering addict. And he's been now clean for tony like a lot of years. I think maybe 12, 13 years. It's amazing. Very successful dude. And on this podcast, he was talking about how um, addiction never goes away. He's like, I'm 13 years into this. And addiction, it doesn't go away, but it can be leveraged, he said. And then he even said, this is what stood out to me. He's like, addiction can actually be a superpower. He said, we've just had the knife turned the wrong way. He said, wow. <laughs> he said, addiction can be a superpower. We just had the knife turned the wrong way. All of us are creatures of habit, we are creatures of desire, and we are all addicts in our own way. We all, as human beings, have addictive tendencies. Let's just be honest about it, right? We all have addictive tendencies. Spirituality is about directing those addictive tendencies towards your pursuit of God, towards the realization of truth. I love this quote from Jordan Peterson. Anybody know this guy? He's pretty interesting. He says, you positively need to be occupied with something weighty, deep, profound, and difficult. The first part of this is really important. We need to be occupied. Like the mind has to be occupied. You're going to occupy yourself with something. Most of what we tend to occupy ourselves with brings a sense of emptiness. The more we get it, the more we want, we always feel like we're in lack. We need to be occupied with something. The question is, what are we going to be occupied with? The soul, the heart longs to be occupied with something weighty, deep, profound, difficult. And what could be more weighty? What can bring more depth of meaning to your life than to explore yourself? Exploring yourself is the greatest adventure. Knowing God is the greatest feat. What could be more meaningful in a human existence than to make all of life one big learning experiment about how to live wisely and at peace in this world? That aspect of spiritual growth and transformation brings a meaning that is weighty and deep and profound and, and intensely difficult and challenging. But the challenge is always just you. Instead of competing with the world, instead of competing with everybody in society, you're just competing really with yourself. 
growing, learning, changing, adapting, learning new things. And uh, what I love about what the scriptures say about getting on this spiritual path and journey is that you were on this spiritual path before you even knew you were on it. You were on this path before you even knew you were on it. The scriptures use the language of calling. Look at this passage of scripture. You got us? Galatians 1.15. But God, who set me apart even before birth and called me by his grace, chose to his great delight to reveal his son in me. Your spiritual journey started when you were born, not when you decided that you were now going to be a spiritual person. And the further along you get on the path, when you look back, you realize, oh, my God, before I was even consciously taking steps towards God, God was taking steps towards me, which is where we get all this language in the scriptures of God chose me. You didn't choose God. God chose me. <laughs> and notice the end of Galatians 1.15 he chose to his great delight to reveal his son in me, right? That's what this is. We are waking up to the Christ nature within us, to the presence of God's spirit within us. Jeremiah 1.5, I chose you before I gave you life. And before you were born, I selected you. I chose you. It is your destiny to become love. And you will never be satisfied in life until you become what you are. You will never find satisfaction in life until you find your satisfaction in God who created you, your source, your everything, who you are. Now, once you begin to take steps towards God like this, when you embark on this spiritual journey consciously, there are uh, different stages of development that occur. And it's not helpful to get too uh, legalistic about what I'm about to share with you. This is just a framework. Having frameworks for spiritual growth and spiritual development can be very helpful to us because it allows us to identify where we are on the journey, what's coming next, and what it looks like to actually live this out. So I want to share with you four stages of spiritual development. And this was created by... Uh, a spiritual teacher, a meditation teacher. His name is Dr. Michael Beckwith. He has a community in, I think it's Beverly Hills, called Agape Spiritual Center. I'm very interested in the dude. He's been doing what I'm doing for a long time. And I can't imagine, like, now me, you know, now a community like this being around, it's rare, but it's a little more normalized. I can't imagine him having the kind of conversations that we have here at Heartway in the 80s, but he was doing it. And uh, so I respect him a lot, and his community is centered on the teachings of Jesus, but they're also open to, to different paths and wisdom that is universal and found in many different places, which is why I admire him. Anyways, four stages of spiritual development. I think it's going to be helpful for you. The first stage is the victim stage. In this stage, life happens to me. So 
When you're in this stage of spiritual development, you live believing that people and circumstances outside of you determine your peace and your happiness. You're constantly tossed around by the events and circumstances of your life. If things are good in your life, then you're happy. If things are bad in your life, then you're sad or you're angry or you're anxious or you're depressed. It's like we're a little puppy and life controls us. And our circumstances determine how we feel within ourselves. And of course, this feels very lonely. We feel like no one understands. We feel disenfranchised, disillusioned, separated, isolated, alone. We feel a sense of powerlessness and like life is out of control. The paradox is at this stage, once you come to admit your powerlessness, once you come to admit that you don't have control, you begin to move into this second stage of spiritual development, the manifester stage. In this stage, life happens by me. Life is created by me. So you shift from life happens to me to I happen to life. The mindset here is I am a manifester. I co-create my life with God. This is where a lot of us may find ourselves. This is a stage where we are actively rewiring our mind, restructuring our life orientation. We're working on changing our habits. We're doing our inner work. We're being ruthlessly honest with ourselves. This involves a whole lot of self-evaluation and self-inquiry. You're digging deep into the roots of your traumas. You're digging deep into the roots of your family history. You're seeking to understand yourself. In this stage, you're also upgrading your beliefs because in the previous stage, you were a victim to life. But now you are co-creating your life with God and the way you see things changes. So you, you upgrade your beliefs. You look within yourself and you open yourself to healing, which of course begins with authenticity, transparency, honesty, vulnerability. In the manifester stage, you're taking ownership and responsibility over your life. So now it's not somebody else's fault that I'm not at peace. It's not life's fault that I'm not fulfilled within myself. You are taking responsibility for your life and for your thoughts and for your emotions. Can you, was that the last one? Okay, thanks. You're also in this stage gathering information, studying, learning, new things that maybe you've never been exposed to before. This is interesting here. The manifester stage is also an expression of masculine energy. So this is very active work. You are making things happen. You are bringing order to the chaos of your life. You're not powerless anymore. You're, you're bringing order to chaos. You're developing a healthy ego. Right? You have to develop a healthy ego before you can transcend the ego. You learn self-confidence. You learn self-worth. You learn how to develop and utilize your gifts. You follow your, your, your calling. You develop a sense of passion. And, and you begin to, to create a persona that is spiritually oriented. Okay, This is the manifester stage. The next stage is the conduit stage. 
In this stage, life happens through me. God is living in and through me. The mindset is, I am a vessel. I am an instrument. I'm allowing myself to be guided. And if you've done your work properly in the previous stage, now you just have this fundamental understanding that life is always happening for you. It's all working out for your good. It's all contributing to your spiritual evolution. So you don't see anything in life as being against you. Again, it's God working in you and through you. And because you see that as the reality within yourself, you see this in everyone else as well. It's God through them as much as it is God through you. You realize that everything in your life is there to build you up. And I love this. You can relax into who you are. Not because you're perfect, but because you're totally okay with your imperfection. I love that I was having a conversation with this, um, this guy who's been a chaplain in the military for like 25 years. And right now I'm uh, going through a, a training with him that is needed for the work that I do as a chaplain in hospice. And we took some time and we take some time before every meeting to just uh, talk about how we feel. And so he pulls up like this wheel of emotions and we all like look at the different uh, emotions that are on there and we select the emotions that resonate with where we are now. And this guy, uh, I guess was going through a rough week and he was sharing that he was, uh, I don't know, he was anxious and he was a little angry and he felt, um, he felt the way that he felt, anxious and angry or something else. And somebody else in the group was trying to like make him feel better. And he said, oh, no, 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 you don't get it. I don't, I don't judge myself for feeling like this. Like, I'm just telling you, I feel like this, but I don't judge myself for it. And I love that. He, he could talk so openly, so freely about how he feels right now in this moment without any condemnation without any guilt. We don't share and open up about how we feel because we feel bad about feeling bad. Right? We don't have to feel bad about feeling bad. Just feel bad. Don't judge yourself for it. Be okay with it. Accept that it's there. This is how you can really just start relaxing into who you are because you see the grace of God in your imperfections. You see the grace of God in your weaknesses. You understand that it's a part, it, it, the whole package, the good and the bad, the light and the dark, sinner and saint, is your reality, and you're okay with all of it. So you begin to develop a sense of effortlessness. There's an effortlessness to life. In the previous manifestor stage, there's a lot of effort that you put f toward, you know, uh, changing your life and, and moving it in a new direction. But in the conduit stage, it's like a, it's like a letting go. You become connected to your heart and, and living from this heart space becomes natural and authentic. You're not like trying to be a spiritual person anymore. It's just, it's natural, it's normal, it's who you are. But again, it's because you've, you've put in all of this work. You develop a sense that your life is a channel through which God is expressed. In the scriptures, there are some really... Uh, fascinating stories about people 
really important people in the scriptures who have like encounters with God. And after they have these encounters with God, the scriptures say that their face would begin to shine with a bright light. So, for example, Moses in the Hebrew scriptures, he goes up Mount Sinai and he receives these commandments from God. And when he comes back down the mountain to the people, the scriptures say his face was, was shining, light bursting. Jesus at one point goes up to a mountain with a couple of his disciples and he has this encounter with God. And all of a sudden it's called the transfiguration. You know, the scriptures say that Jesus just began to beam with light. There's another story in the book of Acts about a man named Stephen. He's, uh, he's actually getting persecuted and put to death because of his uh, beliefs. And right before he, he passes away, he looks up to the heavens. He hears the voice of God. And the scriptures say that his face began to shine like that of the angels. What is this? imagery and metaphor trying to convey I believe it's this it's this sense that our life is a channel through which God is expressed when Jesus said I am the light of the world he also said to the people he was teaching you are the light of the world so you were created to shine the light of divinity in and through your life so that when people see you, they get a glimpse and they get a, a taste of God, right? So this is a, a, beautiful, a beautiful place to be in life when you understand that God is shining through you. And, and again, I love that this is not just because I'm a goody, goody, two-shoes, perfect person. No, even when you mess up, how beautiful a human being that can walk through their failures with a sense of humility and own up to the things they've done and make amends and make corrections and understand that they don't have it all right and they don't try and justify their behavior. They're willing to acknowledge that they're not perfect, that there's room for growth and evolution. That is the glory of God shining through a person even when they sin, even when they do what they are not supposed to do because of that beautiful humility. The conduit, remember, if the manifestor stage is an expression of masculine energy, I'm making things happen. The conduit stage is an expression of feminine energy. You are yielding to life. You are allowing life. You are surrendering to life. This is so important in our culture, in our world, really from the beginning of human history, masculine energy has been idolized. The dominance and the power that comes with masculine energy. I mean, I even sometimes I, I, I've had conversations with women who seek to embody that because they feel like they have to. Because this is what success is. This is what power is. I've got to be dominant. I've got to be independent. There, there are such good qualities about that. There are very good qualities about that. But the greatest spiritual teachers have always said that the power is in the feminine, not the masculine. The true power is in the feminine, not the masculine. Lao Tzu, who uh, was a philosopher who wrote the Tao Te Ching, 
In those series of texts, he, he has this very interesting statement where he says, know the masculine, but stick to the feminine. And this is advice for males and females. Know the masculine, and you utilize that as it is needed, when it is needed, if it is needed. Know the masculine. Know how to step into your power. Know how to make things happen. But stick to the feminine. Allow. Yield, surrender. This is Jesus saying, not my will, but your will be done. And so you shift from making things happen to letting things be. And you can make things happen and let things be at the same time too. That's what's really cool when you start understanding this. It, it all works together. Because now when you step into this masculine uh, energy and you are making things happen, you're not attached to the outcomes anymore. And there's not a sense of identity tied around what you accomplish and don't accomplish, what you get done and what you don't get done. You do it and you give yourself to it fully and you say the results are in God's hands and the results don't define who I am. Letting things be. In the previous stage, you upgrade your beliefs. You get some healthier beliefs that can help you navigate through the world better. In this stage, you transcend beliefs. What I mean by that is you are no longer creating an identity around any sort of belief system. You understand in humility that all of your beliefs are subjective beliefs and you believe what you believe because it works for you, but you're not trying to convince everybody about how right you are and how wrong they are. You don't need to convert anybody anymore. You're actually transcending beliefs through love which means you are able to connect with anybody regardless of their beliefs because you're not clinging that tightly to your own anymore. And you have a good set of beliefs, like I said, that you kind of live by. But you're also open and willing to change and adapt and grow and look at things in a different way. It's a, this is an open mind. It's an open mind. The open mind is, is, is a beautiful mind. Before we get to this flow stage... There was a quote that I read the other day from an Indian philosopher who said, to find God, you must welcome everything. That, for me, encapsulates the conduit stage of spiritual development so beautifully. To find God, you must welcome everything. You welcome everything. I'm going to read to you. One of my favorite prayers from a Catholic monk named Thomas Keating. Thomas Keating is the one who coined the term centering prayer. So we kind of borrowed that from him. And this is his welcome prayer. Welcome, welcome. Actually, you know what? As we do this, I invite you, if you feel comfortable, to close your eyes and listen to these words from your heart. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it's for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for power and control. I let go of my desire for affection, esteem, approval, and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. 
I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. I open to the love and presence of God and God's action within. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? To welcome everything. I'm a conduit. I am a channel, a vessel. I am an instrument. My life is not mine. I don't know if you ever remember that song. I used to sing it in old churches. Uh, My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. I love that. You just sing that over. My life is not my own. I love that. Let's go. I'm a, little, I'm a little raspy. And then you got the flow stage. So in the victim stage, the mindset is I am a victim, right? To me, to me, I am a victim. The by me stage, the mindset is I am a manifester. I am a co-creator. The through me stage is I am a vessel, I am a conduit. The as me stage or the flow stage, the mindset there is simply I am. Big difference. I am a victim, I am a conduit, I am a manifester, I am. You go beyond all of it. Your sense of separation from God and others dissolves. You become connected to your state of beingness. You're so rooted in self-acceptance that you're you're no longer flowing with life. You are the flow of life. You feel your, your divinity and your oneness with God and everything. You lose the sense of ownership over your life. Interesting as you contrast this with the manifester stage, right? Where it's like, yeah, I take ownership over my life. I take responsibility over my life. The, the flow stage is I, I have no ownership or responsibility of my life again. But this time it's not as a victim. It is as someone who has been rooted in their identity in God. And it is just, it is, my life is an expression of God's life. My life is an expression of God's life. It is God who is, it's not me doing anything. It is God doing it in me and through me. You no longer make things personal anymore. In the flow stage, your sense of self is no longer tied up in what you do or don't do, what you achieve or earn or accomplish or accumulate. Your identity is purely in God. In the flow stage, you even have to let go of your spiritual identity. This, even the spiritual identity that you've spent all this time building up, yeah, now you get rid of that too. Spiritual, spiritual. Really, it's just you're rooted and you're, you're just connected to your humanity. You're deeply connected to your, to your humanity. You show deep empathy for other people because you don't see any separation anymore. I am in you. You are in me. This is, this is what Jesus was saying. I and the Father are one. This is what Paul was saying in the New Testament when he said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. To move from one stage to the next requires letting go of something. 
Every movement from one stage to the next in spiritual development requires a letting go. To move from stage one to stage two requires letting go of blame. Because blame makes someone or something else the issue. Someone and something else is responsible for my peace of mind. I can't be happy unless life meets these conditions, unless life lives up to my expectations. And because we don't want to take ownership and responsibility over our thoughts and our emotions and the world that we have been projecting and creating through our perception, because it's hard to be wrong, it's hard to acknowledge your faults, it's hard to acknowledge that oftentimes the messes that we experience in life, we have created ourselves. Whoo, it's tough. We don't want to do that. And because of that, we blame. So to move from the victim stage to a conduit stage requires letting go of blame. To move from the, excuse me, to the manifestor stage. To move from the manifestor stage to the conduit stage requires letting go of control. Letting go of control. When you desire something deeply in life, you put all of your energy into pursuing that thing. You wanna grasp it. You wanna possess it. You want it to be yours. You wanna hold it. When it comes to God, you cannot possess God until you let go. Even your own ideas and conceptions of God need to be let go. There's this story about a man who stumbled into a well and he fell a hundred feet. As he was falling, somehow he was able to grab onto a root and he was holding on for dear life. His grip was getting weaker and weaker and he looked up to the heavens and he said, is there anybody up there? All of a sudden he hears this voice come through the clouds. I am the Lord. I am God. I am here. Let go of the root and I will save you. The man thinks for a moment. He looks back up and he says, is anybody else up there? <laughs> is anybody else up there? We like talking about letting go, but actually doing it. It's like, is there any other way? No. You've got to take a free fall into the abyss. You've got to take a free fall into the void. you just got to let go utterly and completely. This is why spiritual teachers talk about this as a death. It is a death. You die to who you think you were. You die to what you thought life was, and you wake up to a totally new understanding of what life is, but it requires letting go. The fourth stage, that movement from the conduit stage to the uh, flow stage, requires letting go of identity. So you, you, move, you move beyond persona. I, it's like you don't identify with what you do, your career, your, your name, your body, your mind. Again, this is an identity that is purely rooted in God. You don't take your own character in life too serious. All right, we know people who kind of take themselves too serious. 
And when you and when and when you poke a little bit, uh, it comes out. And life becomes a lot smoother and easier when you don't take yourself too seriously, when you can laugh at yourself a little bit, when you understand that this is just a character that you're playing. And it will, this character will change and develop over time. Who you are now is not who you're going to be tomorrow. So you just kind of remain open to this unfolding. I'm really interested to see who I'm who I am and who I'm turning out to be. And when you're not, when you don't, when you don't have like a really solidified identity in anything, you can be whatever anybody else wants you to be. So if somebody says, oh, that guy, Danny, he's a fraud. That guy's a fake dude. That guy is a fake. I guess maybe I can see how you would say that. Yeah. It's like, what? And what, what can anybody say to you that you will be against? You don't have anything to defend. You don't have an identity that you're trying to defend. I don't have a persona that I'm trying to give off. I am what I am. I am. And I can only be what you think I am in your mind. And I can't change that. And I don't really have any sort of identity I'm sticking to really tightly that I need you to believe. I'll be whatever you want me to be. And I let myself be what I am. No guilt. No condemnation, no shame anymore. I want you to listen to the, this video from Jim Carrey. Very interesting character, this guy. Yeah, well, I have the seat not? here, Jim. Uh, <laughs> How you doing? Good, man. How's life? Everything good? You know, it's, it's so beautiful. It really is, especially when I'm absent from it. <laughs> Do you feel like you're separated from the rest of the world and what's going uh, on? No, not separated at all. In fact, it's the exact opposite. You know, I, uh, don't get me wrong, you know, Jim Carrey is a, a great character and I was lucky to get the part. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think of that as me anymore. You don't? Ever, not, not at really, all? Not really, no. Uh, I used to be a guy who was experiencing the world and now I feel like the world and the universe experiencing a guy. <laughs> I think there's we got a little taste a of that just there's a moment a ago. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting words, huh? What's funny to me about that is, is that as he's saying this, people think he's being funny. He's probably dead serious. He's literally, if you've listened to him speak and he wrote a book, he's serious. I've seen videos of like, Jim Carrey's going crazy. And they show clips of him talking about his spiritual journey. Fascinating that to people they think this is a joke. This guy's this is this is funny. Nice joke, man. Jim Carrey. This is his newest act. He's killing it. He was so funny, man, on Jimmy Kimmel. But you understand what he's saying. He's like, it's better when I'm absent from it. And Jimmy's like, wait, do you feel like separated? He's like, no, no, the complete opposite. It's a deep connection, the deepest connection that you could ever have. I feel so connected to everyone because I am out of the way. I'm not holding on to my sense of I anymore. I'm flowing with life. So these are the different stages of spiritual development. Wherever you may find yourself in these stages, embrace where you are. Because of the way that this is presented, it's easy to think that this is like a linear progression, but we move back and forth between these stages all the time in different seasons of our life. And also one stage is not better than the other. It's not like you get brownie points or something, you know, because you're in the flow stage. 
and now you're better than the person in the victim stage. No, all of the realities of the flow stage are true of you even in the victim stage. You just don't know it. You're not aware of it, but you are one with God. You know what I mean? And everything is happening for you. You're just not aware of it. So it's not that people who are in the flow stage are better. And also, too, once you start getting into, once you actually start experiencing in your life conduit stage and flow stage, like if you talk about it too much, you're not in it. <laughs> I, like we're, we're just talking about this because it's helpful, but don't like tell yourself, oh, yeah, I'm just the flow stage, man. I'm not in the victim stage anymore, you know? Like, yeah, the conduit stage was nice, but like now, <laughs> I'm one with God, bro. I'm one with the universe. And that, you know, this is, this is the, this, this is, honestly, this is why so, so many spiritual teachers just talk about the uselessness of words. And I, I understand that a lot because it's like, you can hear these words and you can say these words and they aren't actually true to your way of life. You don't actually live them. You don't actually embody the words. This is why it's so easy to get confused and distracted by the words. Anybody can talk like this. Anybody can say these wonderful words. Go to YouTube. I'll give you all the link. Go to YouTube, buy a couple books, write some notes, and you can talk like you're an enlightened guy or gal. You know what I mean? But Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. That was the most important part. You will know them by their fruit. And so as you move through these different stages, listen, you may want to be in another stage, but you're not ready to let go of what you need to let go of to get there. And that's okay. Instead of wanting to be at another stage, learn how to embrace the stage you're in. Gain the insights you need from this stage with you're in and just, that you're in. And just keep in mind that eventually you will have to let go of blame or control and eventually the ultimate death of identity to enter into the next step of your spiritual evolution. But that will happen when it is time for that to happen. You don't force that. You can't. It's impossible. You, you just move through these stages and it's, it has really very little to do with what you want or don't want. But it's like ripe fruit falling from a tree. When, when, when it's the right time, it happens. That's how it'll be for you. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus, like the scriptures say. So you trust this entire process into God's hands. Embrace who you are. Love who you are and have fun. Have fun. This makes life fun. When everything becomes about your own connectedness to God, there's, you don't understand, there's, there's, there's always deeper and deeper levels. Talk about deep, weighty, difficult, profound meaning. And, and uh, what is it, the word that Jordan Peterson used? Uh, yeah, yeah, occupation. Think about something deep and weighty and meaningful to be occupied with. That this. There's always deeper levels. There's always more revelations, more insights, more to wake up to. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much that you have called us and chosen us to be on this path. Help us wherever we may be in our journey of spiritual evolution, to embrace where we are. Grant to us an all-absorbing desire for you, 
that we may learn how to welcome everything, how to flow with life, how to let things be, and when necessary, how to co-create with you the life that you have destined for us. We're so grateful for your presence, for your love, for your goodness. We celebrate that we're on this journey. It is a work of your grace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody. Happy Sunday. Love you. Don't forget to sign up for the outreach event next Saturday. Hope to see you. Bye.